All right, it's hard to, to clap this in, considering we have the ocean right behind us. I will set the stage at the beginning of this podcast. Um, I'm out here in beautiful Costa Rica and am recording with my dude, Aaron Alexander. And I don't know how many times he's been on this show, but it is always a treat to get him back on the podcast. We are releasing this, co-releasing this together on his podcast, the Align podcast, as well as this one right here. Um, Many of you know him as a movement expert. He is a physical specimen and uh, just really well-educated. And also, I've, I've joked in the past, as Aaron likes to play devil's advocate, and I mean that in the, the best way possible, because uh, a true friend doesn't just go along for the fucking ride and agree with everything you have to say. And even though our conversation is quite uh, in alignment with one another, um, I, I say that just due to the fact that I love Aaron. He's such an amazing dude, and I always appreciate my time with him, not just on the microphone, but in in general, in life. And uh, it's been awesome being out here in Costa Rica and getting to share some time with him on the mic. So I know you guys are going to enjoy this one. This episode is brought to you by Four Sigmatic, a wellness company that is well known for its delicious mushroom coffee. Four Sigmatic's mushroom coffee is real, organic, fair trade, single origin Arabica coffee with lion's mane mushroom for productivity and chaga mushroom for immune support. I've been starting my day with Four Sigmatic ground mushroom coffee with lion's mane instead of regular coffee every day. Every day I've been doing this back home as well as here in Costa Rica. It is super easy to travel with. I love how it helps me focus so I can get shit done. It's amazing and I absolutely feel an uptick in my productivity every time I drink it. It helps me focus like nothing else. And in addition to that, I do not feel cracked out. And I'm not sure if that is the slightly less uh, caffeine overload or if it is the fact that I'm getting the nootropic benefits from Lion's Mane or if it is the fact that Chaga Mushroom has uh, a deeply relaxing sensation in my body. Um, Not sure. It's likely all of the above. Mushroom coffee is also easy on my gut and doesn't leave me with that awful jittery feeling or midday crash. All four Sigmatic products are organic, vegan, and gluten-free, plus every single batch is third-party lab-tested to ensure its purity and safety, so you know you're getting the highest quality coffee and mushrooms possible. Now, you're probably thinking, does this coffee taste like mushrooms? Hell no, I guarantee it doesn't taste like mushrooms, and y'all know I love mushrooms, but mushrooms and coffee would not taste great. You don't taste them. It tastes better than most coffee. It brews dark and nutty and tastes incredible. It's got over 20,000 five-star reviews. That's pretty ridiculous. Best of all, Four Sigmatic backs their products with a 100% money-back guarantee. Love every sip or get your money back. And you guys, we've got a fantastic deal. They've worked out an exclusive for my listeners. And you can get up to 40% off plus free shipping on Mushroom Coffee bundles. To claim this deal, you got to go to foursigmatic.com slash KKP. This is only for my listeners, not Aaron Alexander's. That's F-O-U-R. S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com slash K-K-P. You'll save up to 40% and get free shipping. We are also brought to you by C60 Purple Power. C60 Purple Power is my new favorite health hacking tool. C60 is carbon 60. It's a super antioxidant that lifts the oxidative burden at a cellular level. Basically acts like a free radical sponge that helps you fight inflammation, boost immune function, increase energy and mental clarity naturally. My friends at C60 Purple Power have told me that I might even recover faster from workouts. And yes, I've been, I haven't been hitting the gym here, but I've been cranking out push-ups 
often we've been doing ecstatic dance and a lot of cool things. And that's, that's taxing on the body, to be honest. Plus y'all know, I don't do great with carbs, but when in Rome or Costa Rica for that matter, anywhere in central and South America, I eat the fuck out of carbs. I eat a lot of carbs when I'm here. I'm not, I'm not picky. I'm not like, uh, it's just doing guacamole and uh, shrimp. No, I'm eating tacos. I'm eating rice and beans and plantanos maduros might be my favorite thing on earth. And so they get me every time, but I get a little extra inflammation. So grabbing the C60 on this trip, taking it before I fly. And uh, every day since I've been here has really helped me to stay in the game, to be active and to not be walking around in pain. I absolutely love this stuff. It's helping me recover like nothing else. Head on over to c60purplepower.com and use code KKP for 15% off your first order. Or you can use the link in the show notes. And once again, the promo code is Kyle for 15% off your first purchase. That's HTTP colon forward slash forward slash C60PURPLEPOWER.com slash KKP. We're also brought to you, my dudes, at Bioptimizers. If you've ever said you're going to go with your gut, it's not just a saying. Your gut really is connected to your brain and signals pass back and forth between them. Unfortunately, 74% of Americans are suffering from digestive problems like gas, bloating, abdominal pain. This is a sign that your microbiome is out of balance and that your gut-brain connection isn't working the way it should. This is bad news because gut problems also affect your mood and happiness. How is this possible? Well, 90% of your serotonin is created in your gut and serotonin plays a big part in how happy you feel. If your gut is out of balance, it could disrupt the normal production and cycling of serotonin and you won't feel as happy and positive as you normally do. There is good news, though. If you rebalance your gut, you'll start to feel better physically and emotionally, and your gut-brain connection will be restored. Even better, this doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out process. You can change your gut microbiome and start feeling better in as little as 72 hours. Here's how you do it. My friends at Bioptimizers have developed an exciting new formula that combines the cutting-edge nutrition that you would normally find in two separate products. This breakthrough formula combines powerful probiotics and prebiotics to restore balance in your gut, plus 17 nootropic and adaptogenic brain herbs to enhance mood, manage stress, and improve memory. It's an all-in-one formula called Cognibiotics, and it's the perfect solution for supporting your gut health, brain health, and mental health all at the same time. And here's the best part. Cognibiotics comes with one full year guarantee. So I encourage you to try it risk-free and see for yourself how much better you feel Simply go to Cognibiotics.com slash Kingsboo and use Kingsboo 10 to receive 10% off your order. That's C-O-G-N-I-B-I-O-T-I-C-K-S dot com slash K-I-N-G-S-B-U, Kingsboo 10 with the number 10, 10, to receive 10% off any order. Again, that's Cognibiotics.com slash Kingsboo. Check the show notes for it there. Last but not least, we are brought to you by Dry Farm Wines. Dry Farm Wines makes the finest wines on the planet. They're lab tested for purity. They have a lower alcohol content capping off at 12.5% per volume. They're keto and paleo friendly and sugar free. Everybody and their mom who's tried this has absolutely raved about these wines. You can get them in a subscription at the rate that you want. I don't drink that often. So you can do six bottles a month. You can do six bottles every two weeks. You can do six bottles every two months. However you want to get it, you can get it. You like white, you like rose, you like red like I do. You tell them what you want and they give it to you. And if you love a certain bottle or two, you can let them know that in between. And they'll be sure to send out more of that in the very next subscription box. 
I've tried wines from all over the world from Dry Farm, and these are only the best biodynamic, organically farmed from diverse vineyards to antioxidant-rich grapes over pure natural wines, expressing a completely unique wine experience. And best of all, because it's a natural wine of the highest grade, I don't feel like shit the next day. I'm just going to say it like that. That's not, that's not a scientific explanation, but you get my point. Try it for yourself. These have way less sulfites that are naturally occurring. They're free of toxic additives, dyes, all sorts of stuff. I've had Todd White, the CEO of Dry Farms, on this podcast twice. Highly recommend it for people. But if you go to dryfarmwines.com slash Kyle, you'll get an extra bottle in your box for one penny. That's dryfarmwines.com slash Kyle. Again, peep the show notes for all these. And uh, I hope you all love this episode with Aaron Alexander. We got his uh, social in the show notes, as well as living with at Living with the Kingsburys, which is my wife and I's. Please let us know what you think of this episode. Love you guys and can't wait to connect. We're, uh, I want to set the stage. I always uh, try to do this. I don't know if you, you, you must, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe your listeners are used to it, but I'm not always in front of an ocean. It was a couple episodes ago. Uh, you're going to hear that. You're going to hear birds. You might hear these awesome cicadas in a tree next to us. And if we're lucky, we'll get the howler monkeys mm. to come on. Yep. Um, you also might hear some people since we're in a house with like 10, 12 fucking amazing people here. We're in Costa Rica for fit for service and each other's company. That's right. Typically on mine, we're awkwardly sitting in a, a fairly tight sauna with people that are typically unprepared for the sauna. <laughs> like, you have much experience with this? They're like podcasting or sweating? Neither. Embodied cognition is a, is a thing that I find uh, an interesting topic in relation to, to uh, the sauna and conversations. And here, you know, we're out here in the ocean. We have the sun and the cicadas and uh, each other. It's a part of it. The, the, the texture of the couch that we're on, all of those inform the way that we think and feel and perceive the world. So when you're with someone and you, you know, you've, you've heard of the study, I think we've probably talked about this a bunch of times, but you're holding like an icy beverage. You, you heard no, of this? No, no, no. Yeah. So there's been, there's been research in the realm of embodied cognition, various, various different things. There's like a clipboard study and, and explain, hold on, backtrack, explaining yeah. bodied con- cognition, please. Im, yeah. Embodied. So your body, how that informs your, your cognition. So your physical felt experience with this tissue skin bag situation and your senses and such, how that informs the way that you process information. And so when you are holding an icy beverage, so says, so says research, it will actually start to augment your perception of the world around you to be a little bit uh, colder. So what they did with this is they were doing interviews with people and uh, for jobs. And they found that when they were, when they gave them an icy beverage, to, to, and the the interviewers, they would perceive the interviewees as being like, oh, he was a little cold, he was a little kind of closed. But then you give him like, you know, a, a warm cup of tea and a nice big soft bowl with like Winnie the Pooh on or whatever. You're like, oh, you have that warm, open, humorous. They didn't have Winnie Pooh. Then you perceive the person differently. This the interviewer perceived the interviewee. Yeah. Based on the temperature they had in their hand. Yeah, it was the same thing with clipboards. Well, that's you, interesting. It's, so this is why this is why you get you know ripped off when getting like a fancy business card. You know, so oh wow, I'm gonna get a, each business card costs three dollars. It's gonna really make an impression. You know, and it's built on fucking titanium, platinum, whatever. And you give somebody that, it's all 
you drop the business card down, you're like, this person's weighty. American psycho. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason I say that is it's, 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 it's always interesting to me how our environmental conditions uh, inform our, uh, our identity structure, our felt experience, our perception and filter in the world. And so this one, our personalities will express a little bit differently likely than if we were, you were back on I'm, Rogan's I'm still podcast. I'm trying to clarify this. So like if it, I, I, I could see how it impact the, the, the person being interviewed because it's affecting the temperature at their hand, mm-hmm. warm being opening, uh, cold being constricting. Yeah. So if it was a cold drink in their hand, they may share less. And if it's a warm drink in their hand, they may share more and be more open about themselves. It would it would be but bidirectional for the, for the inner. Okay, bidirectional. It would, be, right. it would certainly be bidirectional. It'd be, it'd be a funny judgment for me to be like, "This fucking son of a bitch marched in here for an interview with a cold soft drink in his hand." Oh yeah, you're out. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, yeah, it would. Be, I, I think that the way that you would, and obviously, like with any research, it's like there was a bias by the researchers and over just 50% to percent of quantum yeah, level. Yeah. yeah. So it's just an interesting thing to pursue. So like take the research, I think any study, I think people that are there, they're excessively, um, you know, quotatious in the realms of like studies, like everything's a study, a study, a study. Sometimes it's like, okay, well that's also all of that is someone else's bias mm-hmm. that you're now regurgitating. So taking a study like that is like just a, a little kernel to be like, Oh, interesting. Is there something there? And now check in. You know, next time you're hanging out with somebody, maybe a girlfriend or a guy friend, how do you feel with that person when you're on like a fluffy couch? How do you feel with that person when it's way too cold in the room? How do you feel with that person when it's warm in the room? How do you feel with that person when there's bright, bright blue lights coming down? How do you feel with that person when there's candles? Mm-hmm. All of that is embodied cognition. That's and you can true. leverage that as a really powerful tool. I love that. Yeah, you set the table with it. Yeah, there's definitely a feel. There's always, I mean... Anyone who's been uh, to Central and South America knows there's a f- different feel there. But Costa Rica has its own resonance. Yeah. It's a really special place. It's my first time up north. I've kind of bounced around all over the place the first week I was here with my mom back in 2015. And then last trip was to Soltara. But we're in the, the, the last stages of dry season. There were some forest fires going when we drove in. Um, definitely dry, arid, even though you see all this lush green here next to the ocean. It's, um, there's just a fucking vibe, you know, it's, it's a really cool place to be and to, to feel that. And I think that's, um, something I always have gratitude for in an altered state of consciousness is like a felt understanding a visceral knowing as opposed to just the cognitive knowing. Yeah. And, and minus any drug or psychedelic or altered state of consciousness. I mean, fuck the breath work we did before this was altering our state. state Love, love, love. You fall in love. Ooh, yeah. Drugs. State change, right? Yeah. Um, but that there's a visceral feel here and it's very relaxing. And uh yeah, fully recognizing too how many people aren't traveling right now. So I want to acknowledge that, but it's fucking awesome. Yeah. It is an awesome feel. I think with just to follow the 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 thread of the environment shift shifting, shaping the way that we think and feel. Last night we went to this East Forest show that was absolutely blew my mind. Uh, and during that, one of the things that was coming up for me was the, the value and they were talking about it. So I don't I think it was coming up for everyone because they were suggesting it comes up for us, but, uh, the value of intentionality, you know, and I think it's, it's easy to think we're maybe we're in, you know, ultimately how you do anything is how you do everything probably, but we're intentional about certain things, but 
we can kind of throw other things as like, oh, it doesn't really matter. And it may be really intentional about maybe your business or maybe a specific relationship, but then you come back and your home is a wreck. You know, or maybe you're not very specific or intentional about your geographical location in the world or the people you're spending time with or any of that. It's an interesting thing, almost like a self-audit. You know, when you walk into your room, really look around and say, how does this room inform the way that I think and the way that I feel, the way that I perceive myself? Do I walk in and it's kind of like in disarray? You know, I was like, okay, cool. I'm like a disarray kind of guy. And then also having, also having, also having acceptance and love for that, you know, so not putting, there's no one specific way to live life that is any better or worse. Uh, but hopefully you are at least sovereign enough to engage with the the choice of what you want to create. And you have the awareness to see that there are choices around that. That's right. It's the, the, the perception uh, the recognition of there's there's a perceptive feel in my environment that impacts the way that I feel, think, and operate. Yep. And it it can be as simple as a state change through breath work or as simple as rearranging the room. Before I left, um, Paul Check got me this amazing birthday present. It's a statue of Cernanos, who is the Celtic god of nature. Mm. And he's he's powerful. I saw him at at Check's down for the Mandala painting workshop and um, immediately was drawn to him. Like just fucking, I was like, wow. And of course he sensed that and hooked me up with this incredible fucking present for my birthday. And so, um, I had already felt my altar in disarray, you know? And I, I kind of told Tosh like, Hey, you know, oh, this is fucking way too busy. Yeah. And we consolidate this is like, Oh yeah, I've thought that for a while. And then, uh, you know, I went to work one day, I came back and the, the room was completely redone with Serenos up there. And so that's how I left. And that's what I get to return to. Yeah. And I just have tons of gratitude, not only for Tosh, but and check and everything else but like that the the understanding the the understanding that with that awareness we can change something slightly and it's never perfect or it's perfect for only a short while and then you have adjustments to make yeah. as with anything but like that recognition allows that to happen so i don't just walk into my room and feel like oh, something's off yeah you know like i can make it i can we get to choose how to make it from within our own personal kingdom to the kingdom of relationship to the kingdom of home and our every environment we're in and still accept the things we can't change about it. Yeah. You know, with the, the psychedelic conversation, something that I've heard from somebody else of, uh, do you know who said, beware of knowledge unearned? It was someone, it was like someone pretty clever. Beware of knowledge unearned. Beware of knowledge unearned. No, but I like that. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of like this, like the psychonaut space. You know, where it's like people getting hot and bothered about doing all the ayahuasca and all the DMT and all the, just all the things and kind of wearing that as a badge. You're like, oh, cool. Like I did the thing. So now I've, I've did the work. It's like, I almost, and this, you, I feel like you have more depth, way more depth in this conversation than I do. Um, but it almost feels like to me, like the work is outside of that space where you you do arrange your environment in a way that suits the ideal of what you're intending to create. And you do arrange your relationships and you do arrange your career and your financial situation and your family and all that. Like, that's like, okay, like I'm, I'm out in the world. I'm like, I'm doing the work to actually build this house. And then perhaps the, the psychedelic experience is with that. It's more of like a, a yin feminine. I'm, I'm doing the letting go. 
It's now it's like and the <sighs> listening, right? And, like, well, yeah, whatever downloads you get comes doing, from listening. Yeah, so yeah. Doing, ideally you're not doing the lingo. I'm just kind of being cute with the language, but yeah, but that's like okay, like I he, I'm there's no doing. I'm I'm just surrendering and being and listening and <sighs> but that's not the the work. That's a part of the work. But then it's like okay, now what do you do with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a step. It's a stage in the work. Yeah. Um, it's not a stage in the integration. Integration comes after. Yeah. And that, you know, for, through all the talks around integration, it's like w- very pragmatically, it's what steps have you taken to change your life significantly? Yeah. You know, and if it's, if it was just a letting go process or healing from something in the past, cool. But then how did that change your relationship with the person whom that happened with, or how did that change your relationship towards yourself? Or how did that change? How are you, how are you, how is your self-talk, your internal dialogue shifted mm-hmm. from before to now? Like there's many ways to track that stuff, but it all comes down to putting feet on the ground. Have you had any specific stumbling blocks that you continually come back to over the last one, five, 10, 20 years where you're like, Oh, I thought I had that. And it's like, it's still a returning pattern. Um, the man, the negative, the negative mental loops from my solo cast in December, well, the solo cast is recent, but the, the five MEO Sonoran Desert Toad in, in December, that continued for a while. You know, I think, I think I mentioned this to you yesterday or the day before, like even uh, my listeners will know, but, but for your listeners, I went through like a 17 day journey from one experience with the Sonoran Desert Toad. And so uh, it's the only medicine where, to my knowledge, where you can have reactivations to the degree of your experience. So uh, whatever your dose was, you can go to that depth in your dream state or in meditation. And oftentimes it's not willingly. It's like, fucking, here you go. And uh, that was that was for sure the hardest experience of my life. But it started to blend the waking state with the, or the waking dream with the, the sleeping dream. And, um, were you underslept at that time or not at all? I was completely underslept when it started. So after the ceremony, I think December 7th, uh, lasted 17 days. And the first three nights I didn't sleep cause I, I didn't want to go back there alone. Whoa. I was like, Nope, I don't, I surrender to not sleeping. I don't surrender to going back to hell without other people guiding, you know, mm-hmm. without a support system. And, um, wow. didn't even want to bring it up to Tosh. You know, like I can't, I'm losing my mind. I can't tell her that. And yet at the same time, she's so intuitive and knows me better than anyone. She's like, what the fuck is going on? So that, that caused a chain reaction to finally get a hold of Paul check. We talked for two hours on Christmas Eve. He taught me how to ground it. Fucking rest is history. If you want more, listen to the solo cast. How do you, gra- how do you ground it? Sorry. He had, a clo- he had a closing ceremony that he, that he offered for me to bridge the gap. And this is, this is good for um, your listeners too. Like really you want to close the ceremonies. You know, if you go to a, Ayahuasca at Soltara, they know they're going to sing Icaros that close the circle each night. Um, and they, you know, closing circle at the end of your fourth night, the next day is going to be a part of that experience too. For some of the other stuff that goes on stateside and things like that, like we don't, I've never typically closed a mushroom journey or a DMT journey or any of those things. So mm. it was really important to do that. And part of the grounding process is speaking things into existence using the logos that vibration that calls from the mental, emotional, and astral realms back into 3D reality through vibration, through the word. So speaking aloud everything I've learned after a fucking proper saging in a hot bath with 12 drops of frankincense, everything I've learned from the darkness, how it's going to change my life, 
how I, how I vow to operate differently because of that. And perhaps most importantly, asking God to bridge the gap to my soul or high self to my small self. So Kyle Kingsbury understands it without anyone else's help. What needs to change going forward? If there's any other lessons, please bring it to me in my dreams without fear so I can stay asleep and actually start to restore my body and sanity. And it worked, you know, <laughs> no doubt. It, it worked very well. I had super psychedelic dreams, no fear, slept like a baby first night, Christmas Eve and uh, first night in 17 days, you know, but, but some of those negative thought loops and, and, and it, 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 the most common question, I mean, I'm getting questions about this from fit for service members. The most common questions are, the specifics of the negative thought loops. And it's not, it's not so much the specifics that matter. Like I, I don't mind people's curiosity. Um, it is that the way I would explain it is more on a general approach to thought in to thought. Yeah. So when we we're driving a car and we have a thought, um, train that we're tracking, um, Generally, we seek to resolve an idea or, or uh, a path forward. Like we're looking to track something. So it's like, hmm, is it this or is it that? And, oh, okay. I think it's this. Yeah, that resonates. All right. Well, then, then what about this and this? You know, and we kind of go through these little steps of polarity that's, that can guide us to a way forward. And what I was finding in that experience was that rather than guiding me to a path forward, it would guide me. Um, in a way that kind of slowly circled back to the very beginning thought. And I would catch myself back at the beginning and be like, fuck, no, like I'm stuck. And it was always negative. It would invert any spiritual teaching I've ever had that was positive and invert it to the negative. It was extreme polarity at its most extreme. And how do you define negative and positive in that, in that context? Um, Negative meaning it either left me with a feeling of fear or disharmony or um, pointlessness and meaninglessness. What is in my existence? What is the root of that fear or bigger, less tangible question? Fear itself. The root. I'm not, I don't. If I'm there not, is a root, maybe there's yeah, I'm maybe not sure. Root, I mean, there was like on 30 grams of mushrooms. There was a very. Like, I understood the first layers of hell. Yeah. As things I was consciously afraid of. I was afraid my wife and I had already miscarried. So I was very afraid of us miscarrying with Wolf. Very afraid of that. So like to live through her doing that in the most gruesome fucking right. 16K, you know, blood going into my mouth from her exploding. Like that was fucking gnarly. Yeah. And on an infinite loop until I finally didn't care. Then I move on to the next. Like in hindsight, it's like, oh, of course. Yeah, man. I fucking really feared that. But this is digging up shit that I hadn't, I hadn't even thought of. It was like real time finding ways. Like, have you thought of this? That would suck. You know, like, yeah, that's your existence. Like <laughs> just yeah. fucking sorting through every kind of fear. I think, I think the ultimate lesson in that experience was something that, you know, most of the sages and saints from the East talk about is that you're not your thoughts. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, if I believe in the fucking thought, if I attach to the thought now, I'm really along yeah. for the ride thoughts of that are, thought. Thoughts are like a TV channel. Yeah. Channel 34, channel 39. And this was channel 666, so it was yeah. gnarly. It was really gnarly. Um, but, but, you know, a few days ago, even before coming out here, and my plan was to have um, my prescription ketamine nasal spray at East Forest. You know, like that was going to be my first time journeying at any level. It was a, you know, moderate level 
Um, but my first time really journeying since last December, which is, you know, it's, it's at times I've taken, you know, I've taken years off since my first ayahuasca ceremony. I've gone nearly two years in between ceremonies. It's not like I'm back to the wishing well consistently, but this was a good break for me to integrate this, but still a question mark kind of looming like, Oh, how am I going to, how am I going to feel into this? And so a few days before coming here, while I was driving bear to school, the thought loop came up and that was the first time where the negative thought loop came and I was able to just witness it and kind of, Oh, there you are, old friend. Yeah, right. You know, it's been a while. Holy shit. And then wondering like, you know, the, the fear in that is wondering, is this always with me now? Or is this never going to change? Or will it ever go back to normal? And it's like, I had experienced enough normal for me to understand that, yes, this is likely with me. And, and this likely was probably already with me. I just didn't have the awareness of it. You know, it likely was already there that I overthought things or, or you know, over worried over shit that's out of my control in the future. And, you know, one thing I brought up on the podcast was, you know, the, the explicate informing the implicate, the implicate informing the explicate as above, so below, you know, as within, so without. And it's kind of like embodied cognition. In a yeah, way. yeah, brother. Yeah, your environment it's like I'm, I, when I'm looking and I don't watch the news, but man, I'm, I'm pretty clued in on, you know, some of the things that are going on in the world that don't resonate with me. And, and for, for people that haven't listened to the guests that I've had on, you know, in the last six months, it's totally fine. Fundamentally, what lockdowns meant for me was the power, the people that are in control of what we do in everyday life, who, who have, they're, they're, they're pushing us all to agree upon a set of ideas that don't resonate. That's not my lived experience. I don't fear nature. I don't fear my environment. I don't think the boogeyman's going to fucking take me out. I take care of my body and that's reflected to me. And if I get sick, I fucking get over it and I'm better for it. I've lived that experience and that's not going to change due to something mutating or some shit like that. So, or something made in a lab or anything otherwise, I'm not afraid of it and I'm not afraid of nature, Yeah, you know? And so to, but, but to have that impact my life and everyone I know their lives, um, there's a certain powerlessness in that. And, uh, and, uh, you know, the more I was digging into what that looks like in the future, potentially of where the, these things want to go. And it's not just, conjecture it's from some of the uh you know the bill gates of the world the klaus schwabs from the world economic forum what they're saying in advance of what they want to get things to is not where i want to fucking go and at the same time it's with that awareness and recognition and the serenity prayer of knowing what i you know what i'm in charge of and what i have control over i'm going to focus on that and the things that are out of my control i'm not going to let it bother me it's circling back to that that allows me to live and operate as i do right now yeah i wonder what the the i'm still wrapped up in the root of fear and i wonder i'm just saying that that impacted my ceremony yeah, sh- without fucking question yeah, yeah. without question but so that's so that with that i i wonder if it's possible maybe not possible i wonder what fear looks like in a in a in a mind and body that's in full complete utter acceptance of death like not in a in a oh i say it intellectually but i'm truly like oh like i'm i'm really unattached like not disassociated and and despondent and apathetic (laughs) but like i could be here in this form or uh another and then 
the, 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 the steps to getting to that point, again, not in an apathetic, despondent, depressed, disconnected way, in a deeply, deeply connected way. Yeah, like Hoka Hey. Today yeah. is a good day to die. Like yeah. I've done, I've, my, my, there's no stun left, stone left unturned. I have made peace with my life and peace with those around me. And, and if I go today, it's a good day. Which ultimately probably comes back to my, 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 my guess would be if you opened yourself up to as much love as you were able to, to give and receive. If the, I, I would think for myself, if I lived with a, a constricted capacity to, to love and be loved, and then I was on my moment of like car spinning out, I'm gone, and I, and I didn't really allow Full anyone surrender. else in, myself in, I'd be like, fuck. <laughs> you know, I'd be like, damn it, like that was my go. <laughs> no, but I would think that you don't necessarily need to run for you know, president of Costa Rica or something like that to like live your best life. Like, I think that you could just in an instant right now, live your best life through dropping that protection enough and, and armor and, and defense mechanisms enough to say like, okay, like I'm, I'm truly free. And that, and I can hear myself saying some of these things and not fully embodying it. Cause I'm still in, in my own process. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I, I just wonder, I wonder if that's, yeah, I don't have no, I have no fear of death personally. Um, there are things that are far worse than death. Yeah. There is torture that happens. There are, you know, I mean, this isn't just, you know, reading shit on Gab or what was the other one that got taken down? The, the, the right wing site that fucking Amazon, Google and, and, uh, iTunes took out. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever the fucking site was, people will know. Um, it's, it's not, you know, like, like the, It's not just hearing Alex Jones talk about um, kids and sexual trafficking and things like that. It's like talking to like a Tim Kennedy, mm-hmm. you know, who who knows that not only is that real, but there are people on this planet right now who, once they're kidnapped, will be forced to have sex. They'll be raped for 16 hours a day mm. with eight hours of sleep until they die, until their body gives out. Whoa. It's that understanding that the darkness is here and um there are things that are worse than death and i I don't particularly as a six foot three former fighter worry about that in myself and i don't particularly worry about that with my family and my kids um there's there's just things worse than death so it's not for me just the i'm cool with dying it's it's you know what systems get put in place under the fallacy of safety from something we should not be afraid of. You know, there is no, that I think anybody who has a, a decent enough experience in nature with medicines or not understands like, yeah, nature is metal. Fucking there's things that can eat your ass and life eats life to live. And at the same time, that's not the thing to fucking be afraid of. We, we can come into harmony and resonance within our environment and, and live in that resonance and not fear nature. Like there, there's fucking no reason to fear nature. And this fundamental divide that we have of separation from that is where all this shit stems from. We're going to outsmart it. We're going to fucking have a pill for every, every disease. We're going to uh, figure out a better food supply that can feed the masses instead of figuring out how to heal the soil and feed 
people locally and clean up water supplies like our buddy Justin Wren is doing, you know, with the, with the pygmies, like bringing things back to nature in concert with it is the way forward. And it was the past. We have to circle back to that. And the further we get into outsmarting the thing that we're inherently interconnected with and interdependent of, it's just going to fucking lead us further and further away from the mission. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, there are people in charge with high fucking bankrolls that want that. And I think that's, that's been an experience at the same time with where I'm at now, I can, I can surrender to knowing this is a force that is potentially going to drive us to reconnect to nature that that from a bird's eye view this may be the thing that gets enough people to say let's live in community let's fucking heal the soil let's grow our own food let's let's start to reconnect and do whatever we can in our part even if you live in a fucking apartment like taking a 45 minute drive out of town to connect to a local rancher that does regenerative agriculture you know going to a farmer's market and spending five bucks more instead of fucking at whole foods like little things like that can be your entry point and your give, you know, and, and Eisenstein talks about that. There's no, no effort is too small. No effort, effort, no matter how little when done for the good of all goes unnoticed. Everything, no matter every act, no matter how small is felt through the all of consciousness. Well, that's the thing I was, uh, I think that sometimes the act of like living back to the, the death conversation, me or deathbed and be like, Oh man, I didn't live my best life. Like, I think that we have access to begin living our, you know, be, being our, our highest self-actualized selves, you know, to lose, use Maslow talk um, in an instant, you know, and it doesn't need to be this grandiose, heroic, daunting task of I need to climb my metaphoric Mount Everest. And then it's like, like just in starting the process now, like that's, that's enough. Yeah, so when you when you have the mountain out there, you're like, oh my god, it's so much. I got I got to get a backpack, and I got to get a map. I got to get. A... It's like no, you you deciding to get the backpack and the map. That's you're climbing the mountain. Yeah, you're in. Yeah, one step. You could at a die time, now. Right? You could die at the top. Like you're in. Mm-hmm. You know. But I think oftentimes it's it's easy in my mind to become to feel like it's what what I des- desire to feel. You know, complete in this life is is too grandiose, which I think is just. A bunch of illusion you know i think that i think that it's all here right now it is no doubt no doubt yeah matthias de stefano i talk about him on my podcast but an excellent series at least season one for sure on gaia is called initiation with matthias de stefano and he ta- he goes through you know episode one is um unity he goes through the dimensions unity duality trinity four pillars of consciousness fifth dimension sixth dimension seventh eighth is akashic nine is the return home and uh, whatever you want to call that. In the seventh dimension, we got our seven power chakras, however we have now, you know, it's up for grabs depending on which school you're in. But with those seven... We should start a chakra system. (laughs) That would be fucking cool. Wouldn't that be dope? But the seven gave us the ability (laughs) right here in our meat suit to experience all levels, all dimensions of consciousness in our fucking human form. So the idea of ascension, I was talking with Claire about this this morning, the idea of ascension that we would leave here, like, uh, you know, the old Christian adage, and this is poo-pooing on Christianity, but like, I'll be a good boy here so I get to go to heaven. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, it's I'll be happy when, I'll work this job, then I retire, then I get to go to Costa Rica. Whatever the fucking lie is, that's Maya. That's the illusion. And the gift is that we, with these seven chakras, can experience 
every realm right here in this meat suit. And having lived in hell for a month in my waking state, and that was mirrored back to me through my interactions with Bear, with the dogs, with everything. Bear's your son. Yeah. With, with all of those things, like I know that's a lived experience. I know that's a felt experience by, by nodes of consciousness on this planet right now. And at the same time, having the gift of re- receiving my mind back after it was taken away, like I, I now can really appreciate the fact that we choose to live heaven on earth through action, through being, through our own knowing and our own resonance. And it's not something far away from us. It's not after Kyle Kingsbury or after Aaron Alexander. It's right now yeah. if we choose it, right? Yeah. Yeah, The the I think the body is a, and this again isn't new information, but the body's an antenna. And so when you have a, if your antenna is kind of misaligned and contorted and torqued and twisted, it's not going to, it's not going to, channel or access the same frequencies that one that was more robust robust yeah, yeah about buddy. that robusticity <laughs> the robusticity the robusticity <laughs> so i have a i have i have i have a feeling that the the point the ultimate or grander point of taking care of the body and working to find balance and equipoise and you know all of those all those words alignment um is to if you want to look at it from more spiritual lens, would to be relieve the corporeal situation of the static that is all the flares saying, tend to this, tend to this, tend to this. There's, there's fires here. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you have all of these fires that could you know, quite literally be like inflammation in various different joints or maybe your brain or, you know, if you can find balance and ease within those quell those then all of a sudden it it opens the antenna up for to travel up that most maslow's hierarchy Mm. into higher states yeah but it's like i think it's like you have to take care and then maybe there could be a caveat to this because maybe the fires could be so bad that you that you're forced to transcend the body in a different way and that is the teacher and that is the lesson yeah but it's i think the liminal gray space where the body's just kind of shitty you know and it's like it's like it's 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 this dull, ongoing, nagging kind of discomfort in yeah. self that that's the most challenging. It's like a drug addict. If someone's hooked on meth, it's almost a gift compared to someone that's you know hooked on power, mm-hmm. you know, or hooked on money, or hooked on you know vanity or all the things. Because culture's like, oh yeah, you're awesome, more power. It's like, okay, okay, good. I'll, I'll do anything for it. <laughs> you're like, yeah, yeah, it's great. You're you're the cover of Entrepreneur. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> both look like Smeagol on the inside, though. Yeah, exactly. But they both look like Smeagol on the inside. Yeah. But so, but I think it's, I think it's the, yeah, it's that that gray, dull, aching static. That's it's almost I'd rather be pushed to one pole or the other mm-hmm. just in order to create change. Yeah. Then you could at least see it, right? Yeah. Circling back to awareness with the awareness. That's the first step in being able to track. Yeah. I, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, what has been you know, we, we, we had this journey last night with East Forest and uh, I don't know if you got to journal about it, but I wanted to hear how your experience was because if you're willing to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because it, it's, uh, for me, it was so alchemizing in my experience from what I've previously spoken to and maybe I'll dive into it, but I, I want to know what your experience was like because you, you know, we're, you know, for a container, you know, we're outdoors in Costa Rica 
and the wind's there, the trees are there. East Forest is, he's been on my podcast twice. He's fucking really special, Mm -hmm. really special, especially for holding space and providing, you know, music as medicine, but, but in the pairing, you know, of an altered state, um, really, you know, one of the few that, that, that is, uh, able to carry that medicine. So I was wondering how your experience was. There are so many different things. Um, the one I did journal about it this morning. Um, I realize how much I sound like a fruity new agey guy. (laughs) I'm like, come on, man. I'm journaling. We're talking about femininity and spirituality. I feel like we need to like swing some kettlebells and like (laughs) we should wrestle. Should we wrestle (laughs) on the podcast? Yeah, we can do that. We'll get somebody else to just film it handy cam style. It's a rocky beach, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Um, But one thing, so there was a bunch of different things. The one thing that was was a, a, a really powerful visceral sensation was I've been this year I've been inter- more interested and open and engaged with relationships uh, with a, a feminine counterpart than I've been for probably 10 years, mostly out of just, I think, uh, unreadiness, fear, you know, I'm just really not feeling ready in myself because I felt like I had so much more work to do before I could really bring in the partner that I, that, that matched what I desired which could be a story, but I felt like that was the case for essentially like the last decade. I was kind of like not really available to be in a relationship. And presently I, I, I feel like I'm more available than I've ever been um, in a more mature way. Uh, and that was a sensation that I was experiencing last night was for me, the sensation of being able to, this is going to sound, here we go, uh, like rest into my feminine. Um, and again, feminine, masculine, that's just you know, a, a, a kind of like a, 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 a tool to express something maybe that's a little more ineffable, but to rest into that listening, that nurturing, that creativity, that exhalation, that, oh, I don't need to support or contain or defend or think or problem solve or plan. It's just, oh, oh. You know, so that would be, I think, feminine. Yeah. You know, you could yeah. define it however you'd you were, like. You it's were just a, held. A, held, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely So, so all, the, all these words, they're just didactic tools to try to express something that's... Language gen- in general. Language is, in general, yeah. yeah. So when I say masculine, feminine, it, you probably at least 25% of people probably rolling their eyes. 75% of people are like, oh, this is no, great. No, I think they but get enough of that on, this, on my podcast for sure. We... Oddly enough, you know, no I would hope that some people do roll their eyes because I think a lot of people that do lead with that kind of new age type conversation, it's a bit of a guise to, to well, protect something, some kind of insecurity or power, power, reaching for power or whatever it might be. I've had a conversation with Godzi recently about this new lexicon of spirituality where people in relationships basically use a different tool set of language to, to get say laid. the fucking same thing that you know, either to get laid yeah. or to pass blame on another in relationship like oh you're gaslighting right and uh that's a projection you're projecting on you know it's just another it, mask man. yeah spirituality is just another mask there's a deeper spirit that's it's the ever present <sighs> yeah. there's no it's just you know and then there's all the jargon and the talk and yeah it's the same it's the same as everything else but within everything else there's a pure form and then there's the 
80, 90, whatever percent of this the less is, pure. This is getting into the Lucifer and Aramon, which oh I can circle back to uh, big time. <laughs> not not the other conversation we we're going to have. I've, I've talked with Shervine on this podcast about it. Um, I don't find anything wrong with the language you used to describe the feminine. What I was pointing out is that this week for Fit for Service is all on the sacred feminine. Mm. So that there's no coincidence there. Uh, next trimester, sacred masculine. Final trimester of the year, divine union. So I sat with a similar feeling in that. And uh, your man arm, your dude arm on top of mine was my grounding cord that really allowed me to release into that and not need to try or figure shit out. It was just like right. you. there was a human element in you laying next to me and, and Rizvani on my left that allowed me to fully let go. Yeah. You know? And that that was really fucking special for me. That, but so that, so that, so, yeah, so that was the thing that I was experiencing. That was just like, I think in order to sometimes, so I do like acro yoga. You know, I pick people up and twist them around, and there's sometimes do more acrobatic stuff, sometimes therapeutic stuff, but something that's very well informing with, I think anything, but in acro for this specific example is to, if you were a base, that's the person that's on the ground spinning people around, it's, it's, you learn so much from flying. Flying is the person that's up top and gets twisted and turned and is like a beautiful butterfly. You've flown me many times. Yeah, exactly. I'm your butterfly. Yeah, exactly. You're my butterfly. Exactly. <laughs> um, but within that, it's such a beautiful thing because when you are being flown, if you're typically the base, 98% of the time you're the base, when you're flown, you learn so much about how to base better. Mm. And that was the really interesting sensation last night. I was essentially, most of my life, I think I, I lean into um, more like masculine qualities, even though I'm, I'm very, I think, ambi with that. Um, but last night, it was this interesting sensation of like, this is it. This is what the feminine desires at a, a, a deep core level. This sensation of, oh, wow, like, the music is, I mean, the music's just like, it's, it's nurturing. The sound is good. It feels safe. There's no glitching. There's no, it's like, oh, wow, it's, that's been taken care of. It's tended to. This is like well thought out. <laughs> yeah. You not know? their first rodeo. Yeah, exactly. Like the ground is like, it's like we got mats. It's like soft. There's like this breeze coming through. I have the support of my community and I feel just so held and so safe. And within that, that held safety, it allows me, you know, whatever, whatever me, consciousness, self, whatever, um, to start to drift and wander and expand and, and just like rest into something that's not survival go. Yeah. You know, and that was an interesting sensation. I was like, oh, like, you know, this is what women want. They're not in a sleazy, slimy, like, okay, here's how I'm going to, here's the tips to get laid. But I'm like, this is what women want. Yeah. Or feminine want. This is what men yeah. want too. The feminine aspect of men and women. Uh, we have both poles. Yeah. Everyone does. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. But that, so that was just a very interesting sensation that I found to be kind of novel in a way where I was like, it felt like full on, like, uh, like school. I was like, oh, wow. Like this is, this is cool. Okay. How do I maintain that, that the lessons that I'm getting from the periphery for my environmental conditions here, how do I embody that, pull that in into my next conversation? 
you know, or into my next engagement of any sort. Like that sensation that I was able to feel through not any one specific person. It was an aggregate of, you know, a hundred different people. But how do I, how do I, I, I bottle and encapsulate that sensation in order to be able to, you know, carry it in my life? Yeah. I think, I think there is a, I get what you're saying with that terminology. And at the same time, I want to say that there, there's no holding on to any of it. That's part of the, that's part of the, the experience is to experience it in the now. And then when you need the refresh, that's the beauty of having another experience like that, mm. you know, and at the same time, how you carry that in between is that not making it a requirement for that experience again, you know, to be the person that goes back to the wishing well, my hands raised right now more often than necessary, Yeah, you know, and, uh, yeah, the masculine, even even like the self, when you were talking about our bodies as an antenna or a tuning fork, uh, Samantha Sweetwater told, talked to me about this. She's an um, incredible woman, uh, studied under Dr. Will Tegel and many others, homies with Charles Eisenstein, and uh, just a brilliant, brilliant medicine woman. And she talked about, you know, our bodies are our own inner earth. How we tend our own gar- garden not only influences how we think and feel, but that that is a reflection of what we give to the earth. Yeah. You know, it's not just, Oh yeah, I recycle or I do this. Like, no, I, me tending my own garden of my body is, is, a that's, that's putting your ante in yeah. to the game. And right? you, you know, you are the earth, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. Like, so, so you're for fully your, the earth. <laughs> so how you walk with that feminine in that safety net, and this is medicine for me too, is allowing the masculine to hold that. You know, it's allowing the mountain energy, you know, your own inner mountain of the masculine to hold your feminine. And if it's there authentically and not, you know, in a make-believe sense, because the inner knowing knows where you're fucking full of shit or not, right? Oh, yeah. But if you're, if you're standing in that and likely from grounding practices, opening the body, having that channel fucking wide open, not twisted and contorted, in that experience, the body likely does feel safe enough to express itself, to listen, to surrender to not knowing outcome, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the body's, it's interesting. Two things. One, I'd like to add more solidity and grounding to to big new agey statements like you are the earth. There's a metaphor (laughs) metaphor from from Watts that I really love that I'm, I'm sure you've already heard a bunch of times, but he talks about apple trees. You know, an apple tree's appling. So you go by an apple tree and you see the apple coming out and it's hanging off this thread there. And you're like, wow, what a great apple. It's like that apple is the tree. You know, it's a continuation of the tree. And so he talks about the earth peopling. Mm. Have you heard this before? No. Oh, it's great. This is it's dope. Just, this is a, yeah, it's a great just just uh, like like metaphor or analogy in my mind to see that you know at some point that we're if you believe in evolution, uh, but at some point that Earth was a you know bunch of rocks and for that you know maybe you know a bunch of stardust whatever, and then eventually just like the tree, you know the tree starts off germinate this little seed grows up it's just leaves and sticks and then eventually there's oh apple. You know, so the, the earth is, is similar in that way where it's started off as a bunch of rocks and then all of a sudden with time and evolution and germination and all the things, all of a sudden, pow, here we are. And, but I think it's easy to, to buy the idea that, you know, I'm separate and that more Watt stuff. He says, he says, we're taught that we come into this world, you know, as, and, mm. and so that from the drop, that belief that I came into this world, it's like, okay, there's a separation. 
Yeah. Yeah. So there's no, there's, there's me, there's the world I'm, I'm entering. Yeah. It's like, no, you, you are the world. You came, you're, you're directly an outcropping of the world. And so the way that you treat yourself isn't just a kind of like a, a proxy or a metaphor, or, you know, as below or so how's, how's it go as above, so below mm-hmm. it's like above and below are the same shit. Yeah. It's just a continuation. Yeah. Anyways, so that was so. So you are the Earth. I was like, oh God, I'm doing it again. I love that. No, brother, that's 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 good shit. <laughs> Hold on, but then I have a okay. thing. Give me more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so the the body, a, a grounded way to to perceive that that you know there's there's contractions and such that might have existed in our body for you know, since we were babies. You know, we we learned that at some point. It wasn't safe to be at our, you know, with our family and our home and, you know, in, in, in the world. Um, that is like kind of like, again, more of a nebulous, like, huh, interesting. But when you think of like fear, like anybody can, you can, you can portray fear in your body right now. You can't be afraid without physically expressing fear. And so if you're afraid, you, you know, you'll, you'll contract your, your traps will engage and your scalenes and your masseter, maybe your fists and, you know, blood will, perfuse into the periphery into your you know into your legs into your arms to like run you out of the room your pupils will physically dilate you're taking in more light more information you go in this fight flight get the freak out of the room you know and so when we say there's there's trauma in the body it's like no there's it working in real time you're perceiving trillions of bits of information that's informing the structure and posture and physiology and chemistry and hormones and everything of this physical vehicle, you know. And so, just thinking of you know what is my what's my postural expression of feeling safe, feeling held, feeling supported, feeling a part of something bigger than myself, feeling like I can oh, drop the weight, you know. There's no just there's no me, you know. I'm a part of something much larger, you know. How does that feel, you know? Or how does it feel to be uh, you know, alone to feel afraid to feel, you know, any of those things. Like, how does that posturally express? And so, when we can, so that in an instant, your body will change based off of your your emotion. So, what happens when the body gets stuck in those those patterns, and you never, you know, close the container like you're talking about before? You shook the pattern off. Eventually, the pattern starts to almost it becomes like a like a like a valley of sorts. You know, like a rut. You get stuck in those different patterns. And then it's like, who's, you're almost expressing mentally, emotionally, the past held memory of those physical contractions. Because when you form, contort yourself into that defensive position, you start to perceive the world more like, oh, they're out to get me. Yeah. So you're holding onto your cell phone all day, forward head posture on the computer, hunching over the desk. So your spine's rolling forward. It's affecting the way that you breathe your breath's more up in that sympathetic fight flight type place and then it informs the way you perceive the world and then that feeds back and it becomes this real stuck pattern that it becomes who we think we are but that's just this very small topical tip of the iceberg layer that we've kind of attached on to but it feels safe because it's all that we know but then to have a pattern interrupt like last night's experience like a like a big like kind of pause on all of that um it's such an interesting thing to have i know i'm just rambling on but it's such an interesting thing to have the opportunity to feel safe held all of those things enough 
to be able to draw the lens back and see that, oh, that contracted layer that we all carry. I'm contracted, you're contracted, you're also love and light and rainbows and all that stuff. But there's also the contraction and the twists and the turns that most of us stick on. Um, wow, that was just a, a small fragment of this human experience that I've been running as my full OS operating mm-hmm. system for the last, you know, different time frame for different people. Anyways, thanks for letting me ramble on. That was dope. Bro. Hopefully some of no, that had some I'm, semblance I'm of sense. Too. It's, something, <laughs> it's, it's curious. Like when, when quarantine started, I, my back went out first time in my life. And, uh, you know, the as above, so below, whatever you want to call that principle of correspondence. Um, sorry, I got my feet all in your business. Dog. Um, we're but, about to snuggle out here. <laughs> scissor me timbers. Scissor me timbers. We, uh, what does cuck mean? Is that when your wife gets a cuck? Yeah, that's I've when been you called that before. That's, that's when, when you. That's when a guy whimpers in the corner while some dude with a bigger cock bangs his wife. That's like, just making sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, continue. <laughs> like how we got. We needed comedic relief. There you have it. Back to the spiritual conversation. I'm just trying to learn. Yeah. I'm just trying to learn. Yeah. <laughs> So, so my body went out with quarantine starting. And what's funny is like, this is the first time I've done rehab or PT since fighting and, and probably more so when I was playing football where we had, you know, PTs on staff in the weight room or in the, in the PT room. And I'd, I'd go in for the training room every day to get work on. And I didn't even start, you know, I didn't play much at ASU, but I still utilize the trainers all the time, not just for body work and things like that, but to fix imbalances. And one thing that's been funny to me is people notice like you know this because you're you're a cuck a body worker <laughs> you're a cuck you know this you're from one cuck you know to about, another you know about the stuff <laughs> one cuck to another let's be real um <laughs> my left trap sits higher than my right my left shoulder sits higher than my right my right uh rector spinae you know that big fucking back strap is probably twice the size of my left my right glute doesn't fire. My right foot sits at a duck angle, 45 degrees compared to my left foot straight. Hip mobility is all, everything is, uh, is it asymmetrical? Yeah. Whereas, yeah, it's one-sided, right? One-sided, yeah. Well, as it turns out, that, if I'm just standing, is my fight stance. Mm-hmm. So, so for eight years or 10 years, I was in this stance. And <laughs> due to the realness of fucking getting hit in the face, my body started to map that as a stance of security. Right. And my muscle started to change because of that. And it's actually held that pattern to this day, even though I haven't fought in eight years or seven years, um, at least not full time. I've had a couple one-offs with our boy, Jason Ellis, but nothing consistent. No, not even striking consistently yet. I'm in my fight stance and I don't stand, you know, like fucking Saget in, in Street Fighter 2. I'm just, that's my patterning, right? And so I'm finally getting that worked on and fixing imbalances. I mean, there's no reason for this. When I was at, I remember welcoming Exos into on it and helping with them design supplements and do different things with them. And I never utilized them. And now I'm like, why did I fucking wait this long? But all that to say, in working with them and fixing imbalances, like there, it has a different feel to the waking state, yeah. to the embodied cognition. Well, feeling home in your body. Mm-hmm. Who feels home in their body? Do you feel home in your body? I do now. For a long time, I didn't. That's where the alcohol and cocaine came in. How know? often do you feel home in your body? It's just an interesting question to ask. And again, a, more of a maybe a cut question to ask. But but cut question. <laughs> 
cut questions from Kyle Kingsbury. That's the next solo cast. Taking all cut questions. We do get that, that always comes up on a on a QA for my wife and I. There's at least one or two cut questions. But that's like real, that's real shit. Like, like imagine living in a house. And I, I, I write about this, I think, same analogy in my in my my book. Have it like going into a house and not feeling home there. Like it's you're a guest in somebody else's house. You know, and you kind of, you don't want to, okay, make sure everything's organized because you don't want to, oh, don't leave the spoon there. Um, it's, it's almost like you have to like tiptoe around the house, which is a thing. Some kids literally tiptoe around their their place. You know, have you ever seen that before? Bear does are all beat him. He what? No. Oh, good, good, good. No, but that's a real, there's a, mix, that's, yeah. it's a real thing. It's like a stage people go through. It's probably got a name, like tiptoeing. Huh. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think, you know, think of it what you, what you wish, but I would think there's something to that of just not really feeling like safe, secure, grounded, comfortable. You know, not having that masculine sensation of, of support. But so drawing out that metaphor of that sensation that you feel when you're not at home and in, in, in where ideally would be like your, your home base, your anchor of support. Um, how does that feel in your body? Well, it feels a little bit contracted. It feels a little bit, you know, you just can't oh, like, oh, just rest throw your pants off and just fucking do whatever. Like, oh, here you're home. It's cool, man. Whatever you want to express, express it. You're good. You're home. You know, so having that sensation, it's like, wow, like what a beautiful thing. It opens up to creativity and it opens up to, you know, expansion and just feeling like more of yourself. You know, so now draw that same sensation that a person would have in a, in a physical brick and mortar home. How is that in your, your physical body? You know, so the sensation of feeling just always twisted and contorted and that static sensation or you know maybe your mind just keeps on racing even though your your body is completely drained mm. that's that's not tired and wired tired and wired yeah that's not a sensation of oh, man I'm home you know so to to live a life like that i mean it's just to me it's just wild that uh how many, I mean, I, I experienced, I think with anything, it's like enlightenment. It's like a fleeting, you know, yeah, cool. You were enlightened for 15 seconds, two weeks ago, like, you know, and now we're, now we're back in the process of coming back. But I think at that home sensation in the body, to me, it's, it's worthwhile to invest in, in creating the, 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 the spaciousness, um, to feel home in the body, you know, and there's, you know, a lot of tools to get there. Absolutely. But the general idea is, my question to you is, do you feel home in your body? Yeah. I mean, not right this second per se due to this couch. I'm going to blame something other than myself. Um, it's probably not about the couch. Probably not. <laughs> it is digging into my back. But the, uh, the, there is a visceral understanding in plant medicines that I've received multiple times, likely because I needed to hear it more than once. But wherever I'm at, I'm home. Wherever yeah. I'm at in the universe, I'm home. Yeah. You know, to really feel into that is a special feeling, mm -hmm. you know, and, and here in Costa Rica without my family, who I miss dearly, I feel fucking home. You know, I do feel home by the beach, by the Pacific. I'll always have like a, all the shit I talk about California, it's always going to be my home, you know, yeah. but, but coming out here first thing this morning up at six, cause I'm still, uh, quantumly entangled with bear <laughs> no matter what when the sun comes up i just went skinny dipping in the pool well we're in a house with a lot of women and other people and i know everybody but 
yeah, I'm still like, oh, yeah, well, somebody walks out and it's like, no, I'm fucking home. I'm yeah. like getting there naked. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. people walk on the beach and, you know, see a, a big dude with a average to below average size <laughs> penis getting in the pool. It's, <laughs> that's part and parcel of the Costa Rica experience. You know, like I'm, I'm home. So I'm going to, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to embody that. I'm going to say yes to that. And there's, there's little acts like that. That's the opposite of the OCD. Where does my spoon go? Yeah. Uh, I have to make my own bed, even though there's a maid here to make it. And yes, I know this sounds quite privileged. We have fucking maids here, but, um, you know, the, a lot of that's just a sensation acts, of being out of control, I think. Yes. Yeah. Wanting to hyper, yeah. Wanting to control every aspect of the environment. Yeah. When you feel out of control, you'll try to micromanage all the little things. And it seems on the outside, again, it's, it's, it's an illusion. It's very, it's like whatever you think, think the opposite. Yeah. You know, so when a person is, so organized and they've rolled up all their shirts and they have everything delineated. This guy's dialed in. Wow. He's dialed in. He might be a wreck inside yeah, (laughs) or not. He might just enjoy, you know, rolling up his stuff and keep it organized. That may oddly enough be their peace and harmony as in the act of doing that. That might be their meditation and action. Yeah. You know, there are, there are choices we can make that are however small, like derobing, every last article of clothing and getting in a pool and not worrying about, sorry, I just slapped the microphone, not okay. worrying about what other people think of that. You know, like, can I not care what people think of my penis size? And even though I have a wife and never need to worry about that, like, can I, can I actually just disc- discard any thought of what other would view me as Yeah. in anything in life? Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean like fucking go through like go through life like a bull in a china shop of course i want to be uh cognizant of my environment yeah. human or otherwise um but at the same time like can i just say can i make a decision or a choice that brings me into more freedom that brings me into more openness that brings me into more allowing and surrender and just be like yeah let's do that and see how that feels yeah you know it was it was exceptional so that i have an invitation for people to skinny dip more often but mm-hmm. it is exceptional and it's it, it grants the permission for someone else to to relax yeah you know it's it's like we're all when we're all we're always attuning to each other's rules about how to conduct ourselves mm-hmm. you know more more ramdas said I'll pretend to think you are who you think you are if you pretend to think I am who I think I <laughs> yeah, am. Yeah, he talks about that becoming becoming nobody. Yeah. <laughs> it's gold, dude. And that's that's what we're doing. Gold. That is exactly that's what, what we're doing. doing. You're like, okay, cool. You're 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 Kyle X UFC, all the things. I'm Aaron Cuck, you know, I'm, below I'm a, average. I'm a professor now. <laughs> they asked me right when I came to the country, what, you know, what's your job? And I'm a professor. And and what's great. Hello, Aubrey Marcus. Aubrey Marcus. Look at them fucking short shorts. Wow. You got to step in front of the camera just for the wow. YouTubers. Come on, buddy. He's throwing kicks again. <laughs> Look out for that high kick. Get them kicks in. Powerful Come on, you got to bring it in here. Powerful, you got to get in here. Powerful those windmill. Are, those are wow. fucking great shorts, son. Damn. Little, little cameo. Nice. Um, Aubrey ain't no cuck. Those kicks totally <laughs> threw me off. That was shorts <laughs> like that. <laughs> If there was one man called Cuck more than me, I'm looking at him. <laughs> yep. Yep. I got to give credit. Credit to the champion. Uh, where were we? I don't know. We weren't on Cucks. We were, defi- we were defining uh, safety in the bottom. No, it was Ramdas. Ramdas. Let's check this. Yeah. Ramdas. I'll pretend you are 
who you think you are if you pretend not. Oh, yeah, giving people the allowance to, to, to rest into being themselves. So by you being willing to be open to the judgment, while also, res- I think, respecting the, the rules of, of culture, but mm-hmm. pushing respectfully pushing the boundaries, I think is really important. Because if you don't respectfully pu- push the boundaries, the boundaries will def- eventually suffocate you. So I think there's this natural, it's like the, the, you know, the, the tongue naturally acts as a retainer to, to push open the upper palate you know, and keep spaciousness in the mouth. That's one of the reasons that nose breathing is really valuable, especially as a young person, but always. There's also like you know, nitrous oxide, or nitric oxide and um, structural, well, that is the structural conversation. Um, but that tongue acts as, as a retainer because there's continually this, this inward force coming in. And so if you don't have that retainer continually pushing out, creating that equilibrium and balance, then the face collapses in on itself. Polarity in the mouth hole. Polarity in the mouth hole. Yeah. I'm all about orifice polarity. Yeah. Yeah. We should do a whole podcast on that. The... But hold on. So within that, so it's, it's, so it's, it's, it's stepping into, okay, what's, what's the, the, the culturally, cultural boundaries that this, you know, the zeitgeist, the, the, the collective is, has has all agreed upon and say, okay, cool. I, I feel that. You know, that's the boundary of the face. And then from here, okay, how do I lean into that just enough, but not too much to like blow out the chin? Yeah. You know, so I want to, cause I don't need to be too aggressive with it. You know, but in situations like that, it's like, we're in a pretty open place. So like, you know, taking off your, your undies and going for a swim is, is it's leaning, but it's not like blowing it out of the water where we're like, oh my God, it has the, the, the reverse effect. And so it gives other people around the opportunity to say, oh, wow, like I can, I can do my version of that. And then I think the more that we start living in that way, the, the, you know, the, the freer we all feel. And then ultimately what that leads to the, the collective body is to be able to start to relax and ease and drop the, the, the chronic contraction that eventually leads to disease. Because if you dam, you know, that dam, that blockage is what eventually leads to, to, to build up and toxicity and, and disease of whatever form. And so if you're chronically living in a state of contraction, then you're presenting the oppor- opportunity for um, discomfort, toxicity to build up. And so just by you being like, you don't need to be a physical therapist or a massage therapist or a naturopathic doctor or something to be in the support of cultural health and well-being. You just living a more free lifestyle without smashing the boundaries. You just leaning against the boundaries respectfully, but enough to create change and the, the open invitation for other people to relax into themselves. You're literally a doctor. Doctor means teacher, but you, you know, you're, you're literally, you're like, you're, you're, you're providing medicine to the collective in that. Mm. Yeah, I feel medicine when I see people with their masks off, just in that conversation of permission. Yeah. You know, big time medicine with that. Yeah, that's a rabbit hole in and of itself. We don't need to hash. It's been hashed a hundred times, at least on my podcast, but. um, I don't mind the mask. I know that's probably, people are going to be like, oh, something I've told people from the jump before this really got (laughs) wacky. Um, was the fact that if people are in a state of fear, 
I'm not going to teach some guy at a grocery store. There's nothing to be afraid of. Yeah. If it puts him into a greater state of fear, likely that will, there, we, not likely, that will cause an immune response within them yeah. if they're living in fear that I don't need to add to. Oh. And I'm not going to change that guy's mind by like, hey, you listen to the podcast Dr. Rashid Batar did on London Real or listen to fucking Dell Bigtree on my podcast or listen to The Highwire or listen to X, Y, and Z, Zach Bush, like whatever the fucking, there, there's a plethora of information. It's so impossible to parse out truth right now. Though. But I'm not, but I'm not going to, but, but what resonates? What do you mean? It's, 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 it's truth an, exists, truth does but it's exist. very, very challenging to parse out what really is true because my, my mind on what truth is today historically has shifted you know, tomorrow, a week, a month, like things that I really held on to be true. Historically, I've been like, oh, I was, I was, I was not correct. on My intuition was off on that. I was all in. I pushed the chips on this thing and I was incorrect. And so with this, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning into, in my own truth, I agree with, with what you're saying for myself and for the people around me, but for the collective truth, I feel like I just, I just am, I don't know enough about the conversation to inform other people with my belligerent ideas. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel confident in what I'm saying, and I don't mean that egoically. I mean that from the people that I've had conversations with and the knowing I've received from nature itself. Yeah. And I can stand behind that. I can also stand behind the fact that, uh, mark my words, I'm not dying from a fucking virus, plain and simple. I'm not going out like that when I'm 80. Yeah. I'm not going out like that now. Um, not going to die of diabetes. Not going to die of obesity. Not going to die of Alzheimer's. You're not even. You're not even. I'm, I'm, I'll say it now and speak it into existence. That's not the way I fucking go out. Why do we knock on wood? I don't know. What is that? I don't know. Why would that? Did I say knock on wood? No. Okay. I'm just thinking in my yeah, mind. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, knock on wood. Yeah. No, I don't need to knock on wood for that. You know, I really don't. <laughs> I really don't. And I've, and I've thrown that out there. You know, uh, in the past, there is no knock on wood with that. I know it. Um, and that's not a false sense of security, you know, but, but that's, some, that's my experience. It's not everyone's experience. I understand that. Uh, at the same time, I would rather live and die on my feet than, than live longer to a later age on my knees. Yeah. You know, and that's, 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 that's that is a one lens in which we can view the world right now. I think what I'm, what I'm learning in the whole thing is that more Ramdas people are my reaction to other people's reaction is it's none of their business. Like I, I'm like they, he, he describes people as just trees. If you'd walk through a forest and a tree grows in a funny way or, you know, whatever, you're like, look at this. Oh my up God. Tree. Oh, I can't believe it. That's not how a tree grows. Yeah. Like, Oh, it kills me. Yeah. Oh, this poor bastard. He didn't get enough sunlight. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. You're just like, Oh yeah. Cool. Like whatever. Cool. A tree, you know, and you can appreciate the beauty of it because you don't, I, you don't personify and identify with, Oh, that's, that's, that's going against creating friction of, of my, my belief structures. You, know, you see a tree, it's all misshapen, strange, whatever it is. You're just like, wow, cool. It's like art. Yeah. You know, and so that's been my experience just to, I think, create a little bit of um, ease throughout the, all of like so the, me, all the, me, all the, 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 allow me to play devil's advocate. You do a good job of this for me. So yeah. I'm going to do this for you. Yeah. Imagine if you walked through a forest and a tree told you you needed to change your posture. Yeah. And then they made it law that you change your posture to hunch over and, and tree differently. 
Well, so that that would be when it becomes more problematic. And that's so that's 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 exactly what we're looking at. But what at, I'm saying though. with the mass with the mask thing specifically is it doesn't bother me in the slightest if the whole world wears masks for the rest of their lives if that's what they really desire and makes them feel good and whole and safe because they're just a bunch of trees. But once the trees start telling me that I need to do a thing because Correct. they know my body better than my body, that's where I do step in. Correct. And that so and this is great because this is a conversation on sovereignty. Yeah. Um and oddly enough the mask conversation is the vaccine conversation. It's the travel passport conversation. It's, it's, it's all interwoven. And what we acquiesce to now determines potentially what we acquiesce to later. And, and you know, you say what you want about David Icke. You know, one of the things he said, you look to the East if you want to see the future of the West. I don't know if we end up in a social credit system, but flying here to Costa Rica, facial recognition is already in the airports. Yeah. Uh, passports will change. You go through TSA and it says... Coming up in this year, we're going to require updated uh, smart driver's license or passports. Well, nobody's getting implanted with the chip yet, but your fucking IDs sure as hell are going to have chips. All of these things are being put into place. It's not It's not um, 30 years from now. We're right here. You know, and that's, that's the thing to be conscientious of and at least have a, as a part of the conversation because... At this point of the game, there are trees saying you need to tree differently. Mm-hmm. And and if we are to remain sovereign and to live and let live and to give each other, you know, David E. Martin was back on the podcast on my last episode and he talked about um, one of the oldest laws from the Persian Empire included tolerance. And Thomas Jefferson, who was sworn in on the Koran, uh, who helped write the Constitution of the United States, included a piece of that because it was that good from an ancient culture. We need to take a piece of this. Mm. But tolerance didn't mean like, yeah, I'll put up with this person and their beliefs. Like, all right, fine. You want to do this. You want to do that. I'll, I'll tolerate it. Tolerance in their culture meant to know their language, eat their food, know their culture, know their dance, their dance, know everything about them. And that was tolerance. It went beyond putting up with someone or saying, yeah, it's not how I want to live. But I mean, it didn't mean becoming them. That's different. You still hold your own. But at the same point, it meant uh, a deeper level of granting access to sovereignty for other people that went beyond freedom of religion. And we are seeing that being taken away right now. And it's worth mentioning again and again and again until people fucking understand like there are freedoms being taken away that may not come back you know patriot act goes in doesn't get taken away like when people get wise and they're like ah wmds weren't there and this is you know x y and z didn't happen and who knows what fucking what was the cause of 9-11 that's here to stay you know so what we say yes to now that may be the new norm that 30 years from now, we say, why the fuck did we say yes to that? Sure. So it's just something to be mindful of, you know, really, because um, <laughs> I'm going down swinging before I have somebody put an injection in me or my kids for that matter, especially my kids. I'm going down swinging before somebody makes it a rule where my kid gets to choose its sex at five years old. I can stand by that confidently. Yep. I wonder for for me I think it's like the it's kind of hard 
for me personally to know at what point I, I do draw a line in the sand and, and speak up and step up and, you know, feel impassioned about a topic. And at what point do I, um, have kids, Aaron. Yeah. Maybe that's, maybe that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Thousand percent. Right. So how has having kids affected you in relation to, the, to these conversations? Cause it's not just me. Yeah. that I think about in every aspect, you know, it's, uh, it's really easy to, you know, especially when we get in the airy fairy language, new age, spirituality, whatever, to be like, you know, t- what kind of world will we leave behind seven generations from now? What, 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 what will, what will the upcoming generations inherit uh, from what we leave for them? Not like a, this was my bank account. I left my kids or any of that kind of shit, but like how many trees are there going to be? How many, uh, look, there's a lot of trees. I'm not saying there isn't, but um, which animals will be here? What kind of fish will be in the ocean? Yeah. All of those things are kind of abstract, but it's, it gets really granular when you have kids because it's not a off in the distance question. It's not a down the road. You know, you don't get to kick it down the road. You get to see what's happening right now and for, forget any of the potentials <coughs> of what the future holds. Look no further than what's happening right now in public schools. You know, think about that. Think about having to check in. Think about medicalizing school. Think about getting your fucking face zapped with some kind of temperature thing. And like, oh, yeah, there's no, what are you going to say? There's EMFs in a temperature gauge. Like, I'm not saying that. But just think of what becomes routine standard, like livestock getting fucking shipped in for your school experience. And, and you understand this better than anyone, perhaps, about facial recognition and body language what it would be like to spend your entire upbringing where you're a fucking sponge not being able to see someone's face. Yeah. That's right now. That's not uh, 10 months from now, 10 years from now. That's right now. And it's not my son's experience. And there is privilege in that because I live in Texas and because I'm connected to the people I'm connected to and because he's never been in a school that required masks and he fucking never will. I'm going to make sure of that. That's not the, the majority the vast majority of the people on this planet's experience. And I think a part of this conversation is to illuminate, like you can, through your understanding of what's important, what's really important to you for your kids to cultivate that with community. Yeah. And no one's going to solve it for you. There's no fucking, you know, daddy in the sky, as Paul check calls it all the way down to government. There's no one that's going to do it for you. You got to find your tribe and do it together. I think with, with things like that, it's it, for me, like a lot of things, it's it's hard to know a part of not digging one's feet in the ground and saying this is where I stand is not. It's easier just to go with the flow, and it's hard to find footing if your intuition goes against that, especially when you don't have like-minded community around you. You know, in my opinion, and all of like the politicized things happening now i'm kind of like again i don't i don't think my opinion carries enough weight for me to express it in this in this conversation um but that is an interesting thing in in general is finding a footing where there is no real ground 
you know, it's like where, like, if you do feel those those ways, how does a person even start to it's, make it's a change? Comes, it comes back to know thyself. You know, like what is worth it for me? What is worth it for my family? What is it for my community? Am I living in the right place? You know, I, I've spoken about this many times that that for whatever reason, how it's panned out politically, and you know, from the coasts through the center of the country, or you know, just just uh, ideologically. There has been more of a push for these things from the left than the right. There has been more, um, and perhaps because of population density in New York and L.A., just a different vibe in those cities. And even within Texas, you look at Austin uh, in comparison to the rest of the state or the major cities, which are now pretty liberal, Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, Austin for sure the most much tighter restrictions than the rest of the state when it comes to this stuff. Um, that's not me saying I'm a Republican now, or I'm fucking standing with this team or, or whatever identity thing that I want to do, go team red, whatever that is. It's uh, no man, fucking, I don't know many. Um, I, I voted for Bernie Sanders in 2016, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and see through that now, but that was where I was at. And I, in the primary, we got a little lizard medicine behind us. Oh man, that's that's pretty proper. It's out of out of shot now. Oh, Ooh, coming back up the tree. We got the unicorn floating in the pool. Here we go. Too. Check he's him out. He's coming back in. This is worth looking uh, at. That's a big old. Yeah, that's that's a pretty guy right there. Yeah, I was terrified gal. of those guys um, just like three days ago. Now I realize you can pick them up by the tail, and they're actually quite uh, docile creatures. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, what I was getting to is that like I I very much. I'm liberal in many ways. I'm very much conservative in at least a few ways. Um, I'm all the things. Yeah. Not just, oh, I'm centrist. No, I have some left views, some right views in between, like most people do. Uh, and I don't identify on a team one way or the other. How it's played out, or you could just look at it like a, a location standpoint, um, there are some differences between the coasts, you know, and, and uh, the other parts of the country. And you may find that it's necessary to relocate. You may find that, um, or, or look, if you, and the same as opposite is true, right? If you're like, man, fuck what Kingsbury's saying. Like, I trust my doctor. Yeah. I trust the science. Yeah, then, absolutely. Then maybe Texas isn't the spot or moving to Austin is or moving to California is. Yeah. And there's a lot of homes available now. And that's what <laughs> that's what makes the United States a really cool place. Like that's the foundation. It continues that way, right? And that's 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 all I'm getting to is like, if, if we all decide, hey, this part of the country wants to live this way, this part of the country wants to live another way, there yeah. doesn't need to be a splitting of the country. You can just yeah. be like, hey, we're going to do our thing, you do your thing. Yeah. You know? If you want to vaccinate and the vaccine works... By all means, go for it. I'm not saying don't do it if you fucking believe in it. What I'm saying is I'm not going to do it, and this is why. Yeah, I support that you know? 100%. And don't fucking own... tell me that I have to do it for my kids. Yeah. I don't. Don't tell me that if I don't do it for my kids that a 90-year-old dies in Pakistan. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. It doesn't. You know? So, like, there, there's... That's that's the stickiness of it, and it and it should be... Hey, if you... like, uh, And I've, I've mentioned this before, and I'll quit the ramble, but... My first time going to Kentucky, we were out in the sticks. I was working with um, some former special forces, Green Berets, Marine Recon, and I was the guy working combatives for potentially what would be upcoming courses. And, and they put me through the gauntlet on carbine, pistol, all sorts of cool shit. We fired like 10,000 rounds. And I 
taught them some of the basics. Uh, I mean, they already knew the basics, but some of the um, combative stuff that I was there. One thing I noticed when we were in town is they had dry counties. And I was like, this is the dumbest. This is 2012. I was like, this is maybe 2013. I was like, this is really? How backwards is the South that you can go to a county and they have no alcohol for sale, no alcohol for consumption. You get hmm. in trouble for having alcohol. I was like, this Whoa. is pro- prohibition. This is fucking nonsense. And now it's the greatest thing I've ever heard of. You can live in a county where everyone agrees, or at least the majority agrees, they're not going to drink there. Yeah. If they want to, they got to leave the county to do so. Yeah. Like, hey, this shit, as it turns out, is the worst drug on the planet. We don't want it here. And if you do want it, you move to a wet county. And if enough people move there that want to change that, they can vote it dry or vice versa. You know, like, like it, to allow those counties and to not have one county going to all the rest saying, no, 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 no. We all need to be dry. Right? Yep. Like, let's allow that local governance to take uh, center stage, to decentralize and to recentralize locally, you know, to find that where, where people can find harmony in their differences yep. and go about the way of life that they so choose. Yeah. Yeah. And, and seeing like a, another thing I think is, is valuable is not having the idea that people are evil or bad or stupid or any of those things. I personally think that everyone is doing the best they can with the information that they have. And if someone is choosing a certain thing, it's not just, oh, they are a bad person. You know, they're a product of their environmental conditions and the teachers that they've had and, you know, the, all their experiences. And they're doing the best that they can with what they have. And so being able to perceive that person not as other, but perceive them as, as, as you know, a, inherently a good person doing Bill doing, Gates, doing Bill, their doing their best. Bill they're Gates doing they're doing, doing their best. He's doing his good work in through his eyes. I don't yeah. think he views himself as a nefarious evil villain. But the value in that I think is that if I project that other villain idea onto you, it 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 I am a part of the problem of perpetuating separation and now you will reflect that back to me. And now I'm inherently other because I've othered you. Yeah. You know, and so I, I really love in a conversation like this, which I typically just completely avoid um, in a public way. Because again, I don't think that my opinion should be listened to in this, in this conversation. Maybe, you know, around close friends and whatnot, but in like any kind of public forum, I'm like, I'm not the guy. Um, but the part that I really appreciate is if you are pro this or whatever, uh, great, just don't tread on me. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's the part that I think is so freaking beautiful about the United States, you know, historically, and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it stays that way. And that's something that I, I would fight for. Yeah, brother. Is you having your opinion that is absolutely diametrically opposed to mine. I love that so much. And we share a lot of opinions, but in general, and someone has a completely different opinion than me, I'm like, oh, like how refreshing. Because it would be such a, a gray, banal world to live in where everyone's just like, oh, yeah, totally, dude. Absolutely. Yeah, a bunch of fucking yes men around you would, be, it would drive you nuts. And having that conflict, that, that polarity, is what allows a person to understand what they think. You know, having those challenges and those nudges, it's literally like, it's like sharpening your blade. Someone says, no, 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 you're nuts. But you're like, oh, wait, hold, am I nuts? Oh, I got I to gotta check in. 
Yeah. You know, so I just it's a different people on both sides of of the the political landscape or whatever. I'm like I'm like thank you. Yeah. And please, you know, don't infringe on my right to follow my own in, intuition with my own biology uh that's not impeding or affecting other people. Right? That's a conversation that Terrence McKenna brought up around plant medicine. Certainly. You know? Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Hmm. Should we wrap I this gotta, piece up? We yeah, we certainly can. What time we've, is it? Oh, 11, we've done 11 o'clock. It. We've done it, dude. Yeah. I think we wrap it up. Because yeah. I want to go surf still. Okay. Um and I, I uh yeah, I feel like I feel complete. I feel like I'm going to jump in the ocean. We didn't sleep enough last night. We didn't. We didn't. Yeah. <laughs> we went and did, we had music till we were out until midnight. I think that's it was 11. So, that's but we got so home. late for me. Yeah. We were up until well, I went to bed at one thirty, and I'm in bed at eight 30. I'm a real old man. Yeah. When you're it comes old. To my sleep you're schedule. an older man than I am. I'm, I'm in bed at eight 30. I might listen to Audible for 30 minutes with no lights or read with the red light, and yeah. I'm up at 5.30 to meditate. The occasional bout of sleeplessness or a shit night's sleep has actually been shown, from what I've read, to be uh, cause a boost in growth hormone. It's kind of like why a, we like woke a, up shredded. Like a hermetic stressor. Yeah, <laughs> and hard as a rock. I was hard as a rock right? this morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's another great indicator of health. Uh-huh. Yeah, you want to wake up with a hard on. Something Chuck said in the in the painting workshop I'll leave us with is libido is not just um, your sex drive. It is life force energy. Absolutely, man. Life force energy. That's why you sit buying like libido supplements. I'm like, oh, you mean like sunlight. That's like a boner <laughs> pill. You'd be like laughing, you know, yeah. having like clean having, water. Yeah. Those are all boner pills. We had a lot of laughter last <laughs> night. That's where we woke up hard. <laughs> Which that was a good thing, man. Yeah. Like to be to go outside of the boundaries of okay, I'm in bed by 10, up by 6, you know, I'll do a little sun gazing. I'll have some spring crystal water. It's like sometimes it's like last night we were in the kitchen, the four of us, um, and just rolling laughing, you know, and you were hilarious. You Thank know, you. I would try to keep up. I'm not, I'm not funny in that traditional sense as much. You are, brother. I, you are. I, I don't know. Yeah. But it was, it was to me like that moment was just another example of, of, um, having the flexibility and adaptability to um, be able to be open to moments like that. Because yeah. if you have too much containment and too much linearity and too much masculine, maybe, or whatever, too much structure, it becomes suffocating. You need to push the boundaries, even in the confines of your own rules and regulations for how you live your life, I think. And last yeah. night was an interesting example of that. Absolutely. And an invitation for those who have kept away from others. We don't live together. You know, last night was possible because we said yes to being around each other. Yeah. You know, what a funny yeah, it seems about to view it, it seems through. about time to, to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my... I fucking love you, brother. I love you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I appreciate us, us being willing to, to push each other. Oh, yeah. I appreciate you willing to be open to my continual devil's advocate for... Most things we talk about. You, you sharpen my sword. <laughs> and I don't mean that sexually. I know you're thinking it on the podcast. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, so, Align Podcast. Align pod, Podcast. Yeah, I'll, I'll put this out this week as well. The Align Method, Align Podcast. Yeah, people, Instagrammers are just going to Instagram. Align Podcast on Instagram. Cool. That's the place. Uh, uh, if people on your side, people, they probably appreciate the Bruce Lipton episode. It'd be a great starting point. 
You know, Chris Lipton Biology Beliefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's I had great. him on and actually it was with this recorder and, and it fucking oh, failed. no. It was brutal. I was so disheartened. Um, Got to reach back out to him. Oh, but I got man. to meet him at his house in Boulder Creek. Yeah, I went up to his place. He's phenomenal. Uh, yeah. He was right down the street from my dad. No way. Yeah, same with Bruce Damer. Interesting. It's like you live with some fucking awesome people. Oh, yeah. Uh, anywho, though, uh, Align Podcast for my listeners. Kyle Kingsbury Podcast for your listeners. Yep. If you want to dive into more Living with the Kingsburys, just link to it in the show notes. That's uh, my wife and I's joint channel on the on the gram. Uh, if you're interested in Fit for Service, for my listeners and yours, we just launched the Fit for Service Academy app. Um, first month's free. Check it out. No, no contracts, no nothing. Um, just see if it's your vibe. People are looking for community right now, a different way to learn. Um, we're going to be featuring great guests outside of the standard coaches of me, Aubrey, Godsey, and Caitlin. And I know we want to do some stuff with you on there, get some content up. Yeah, so, um, you know, anytime we're in the presence of an expert in any field, want to be able to share that medicine with our tribe. And we've got some really cool things up there, aesthetic dance, breath work, guided all, all that kind of good stuff and ongoing conversations. Uh, that's my plug. Yeah. For, I should probably comment. Most of the things we talked about today isn't really in the realms of the stuff that I talk about on my no. platform. Most of the stuff yeah. that I talk about is for people that want their bodies to work better. If mm-hmm. you've got back pain or shoulder impingement or neck pain or whatever, we create resources and uh, tangible bite-sized bits that well, you're people, able to actually digest people and know understand. you on my podcast. Oh, there's nobody, point. there's nobody that like, I know you had said that when you reached out, like, who should I podcast with at Austin? You oh, know, yeah, like 10 people point. say, yeah. check out Kingsbury. Yeah, I love that. Everybody knows that I know you from my podcast. Oh, that's good. Yeah, you're okay. a regular brother. Okay, good. All right. I love you. Peace I love out. you all. Goodbye. Right. That's a little